0: Good morning. good morning i'm going to read out of uh, the gospel of luke chapter 9 beginning at verse 18 luke nine eighteen. you can grab your copy of the scripture look at it on the screen uh, whichever you'd like this is what god's word says now it happened that as he was praying alone the disciples were with him and he asked them who do the crowds say that i am And they answered, John the Baptist, but others say Elijah and others that one of the prophets of old has risen. Then he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Peter answered, the Christ of God. And he strictly charged and commanded them to tell this to no one saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed, and on the third day be raised. And he said to all, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Father, thank you uh, that you are both willing and able to lead and to empower us to live in ways that please you. You even know exactly who we are, so Father, you lead us in ways that fit who we are and the good things that you have given us to do, both as individuals but also as a local church family. You are faithful and you will do it We thank you, we trust you, in the name of Jesus, amen. Morning, everyone. My name is Joe. I have the great privilege of being on staff here at Pleasant Valley, and I'm humbled to stand before you and uh, even think that I could open God's word and and teach. Um, Unless you've ever done this type of thing, you probably would not know how incredibly honoring it is to stand before people um as a human being myself and knowing my own weaknesses and yet have the privilege of opening the word to you so i don't take that for granted uh, at all um and so one of my prayers is always i just don't want to blow it for you (laughs) you know i don't want to i'd like for you at least to stay where you're at before you know after you leave rather than you know take you down a little bit um and so we're we're going to trust in God's grace uh, for that to happen. Um, before I get into the text, um, I'm going to tell you exactly where we're going to go. The text it it, a- it answers one question, um, and then it gives you another question for you to answer. Okay, that's really what the text does. So the the, the questions are this these. The first question that the text answers for us is who is Jesus, okay? The second question that the text text asks is what do I want? So the word answers the first one and you answer the second one. And and that's kind of the the structure of this passage that I just read to you. Before we get into that though, I wanna give you three observations that hopefully will set us up uh, for understanding a little bit more what's at stake and uh, what the text is talking about. So the first observation that I have is that people do what they want. Is there more? Joe? No. that Period there. People do what they want. You do what you want. I do what I want. God has created us in such a way that he's given us permission to desire and to want. Uh, to make choices. Right? And so we um, are involved, this, this particular observation is true for every human being that you've ever met. People do what they want. And I want to substantiate that with with the scripture. So I want us to look at a couple of passages in um, James's book. The first passage is in James chapter one beginning of verse 12, and it says this, "'Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, "'for when he he has stood the test, "'he will receive the crown of life, "'which God has promised to those who love him. "'Let no one say when he is tempted, "'I am being tempted by God, "'for God cannot be tempted with evil, "'and he himself tempts no one. "'But each person is tempted "'when he is lured and enticed by his own wants.'" his own desires, his own passions. People do what they want. Verse 15 says, then these wants, or then desire when it has conceived gives birth to sin and sin when it is fully grown brings forth death. People do what they want to do. In chapter four, verses one through three in, in James's letter, it says this, what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Don't you want to hear the answer to this question? Why all the turmoil? Why is it so conflicted up here uh, in the planet, right? Um, And so let's listen to the answer. So I'm going to read it again. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions, your wants, your desires are at war within you? I really thought it was that other political party this whole, until this moment, Joe. (laughs) I thought it was that other uh, nationality that I don't understand. I had no idea that the world, that the battle was really going on in me. My wants are at battle and at war in my own being. And when you hear this text, doesn't even your cognitive mind say, how true is that? This ongoing conversation that I have going on inside, the Bible knows about it. And it calls it what it is. It's, it's a quarrel. It's a conflict. And so that I... Um, So is is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? Verse 2, you desire, you want, and you do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and you quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. And then when you ask, you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. And so my first observation before we get into Luke chapter 9 is that people do what they want to do. Okay? My second observation is this. People are who they are. You're who you were from the moment you were born. You, you will be you until, oh, for, for eternity. <laughs> oh, no, right? <laughs> right? But basically... Um, not only do people do what they want to do, but people are who they are. I want to think about this observation in light of Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. So listen along as I read it, Acts chapter 3. Now, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate to ask alms of those entering the temple. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and his ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat, past tense, at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. I have a third observation. Jesus can turn the whole dang thing around for a person. (laughs) People do what they want, right? People are who they are. This lame man was known as a lame man, it says, from the first day that he was able to go to the the temple. Every day he went there, the same spot. You walk by every day, you would see him. Oh, there's the lame beggar. People are who they are, but when Jesus is invited in, when you want him to be your Lord and to be your savior, he makes all the difference in the world. There isn't a dang thing that can stand against him. Can I have an amen on that? Right? And that's why we're here. Y'all, it's not because to come on Sunday morning and have some, and, and the worship was beautiful. And I will never forget uh, the, 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 the baby dedications this morning. Powerful, right? Every time I'm, I sit on my couch and I'm gonna say, honey, I'm gonna go sit on the coup." <laughs> <laughs> mm. But beautiful, Right? Because these couples, these families have invited Jesus right into the center. And so, so guess what? The, all bets are off. Joe, that is a gambling statement. <laughs> We're not in Las Vegas right now. All right, use some other analogy. But I'm telling you, when he's in the house, everything changes. When he's invited into a life, it's going to change. It's going to be transformed. Right? And so I I want us, before we get into this text, I wanted to, to kind of let those three observations kind of begin settling in your thinking, okay? People do what they want to do. People are who they are. But when Jesus is invited in, the whole thing, the whole dang thing is turned around. Okay, so let's, let's get into this text. And we're answering two questions. Do you remember the questions? The first question is, who is Jesus? The text answers that question. And then the text also then invites you to make the choice. What do I want? Okay, so that's really where we're going uh, for the rest of our time together. So who is Jesus? Well, Jesus does what you would do uh, today when you're going to investigate what people are thinking um, he invited them to get online and go to Google and say, what are they saying? <laughs> who are they saying that I am, right? And so they Googled. Some are saying John the Baptist, right? Some are saying Elijah. Some are saying a prophet that's been risen from the dead. He's just, what, what, what's the word out there, right? What kind of getting into the context of the culture? What, what, what are people saying? And then he turns to them, right? And he says, but who do you say that I am? Peter, Peter. Uh, clearly then makes this incredible statement, the statement upon which Jesus says in Matthew chapter 16, he will build his church. Well, you're the Christ of God. You're the Messiah. You're the anointed one. You're the one that the world, since Genesis chapter three in the curse, when Eve was cursed, said that there would be an offspring that would come through Eve that would crush the skull. That's the Messiah crush the skull of the evil one crush the power of death crush the power of sin this is this who we're talking about here the messiah is now on board on planet earth the one that is fully god And I I really do appreciate how then the text turns. In uh, verse 21, uh, Jesus says, and he strictly warns them and commands them to say this to no one. Do not let anyone know. And and I think it's a legitimate question. Why is he saying that? Well, in the context, he had just fed 10,000 plus people with nothing. There was nothing to eat, and then there was more than enough to eat by his word. And before that, he had healed and touched someone that no one heals and touches, and that's a leper. And, and then he, he, he helped a couple blind guys get their sight, and, and he cast out demons, right? I mean, so there's this long line, and it's just kind of this, this crescendo coming to this point. And so Jesus really recognizing the fact that if this gets out, that I am the Messiah, then the populace vote will get out in front of what God is intending to do, and I don't want that to happen. Because he goes on, and and then I love what he does. He says, not only am I the Messiah, you're right, Peter, in saying that I am the Messiah, and everything in all history hinges on on me, who I am and what I do. Then he introduces himself in verse 21, and he strictly said, don't tell anyone. And then verse 22 says, the Son of Man. He turns it at this point. He says, okay, he, he could have said, and this is what the Messiah says. He doesn't. He uses the name on purpose, the Son of Man. Not only am I Messiah, not only am I deity, I am also humanity. All in the same person. And I have come not only to conquer, I've come to relate with you. I've come as Emmanuel, God with you. I understand. And the text then, doesn't it go on? And it says that, that, that the Son of Man must suffer many things. And everybody in the room says, thank you, God, that you get me, that you get us, that life is hard down here. Life is hard, isn't it? It's complex at best. Tremendously difficult, many days. Confusing, conflicting Incredibly difficult. And so the Son of Man came to suffer many things. Yeah, but you're the Messiah. You should just get on top of all this and let make the world just kind of, you know, get in line underneath your authority. And Jesus says, that's not the way I'm going to do it. I want to do it so Joe and Susan know how to be a parent to a, a child that's adopted. I want to have help. Matt and Tanya do the impossible and help little Francis grow up to be a guy that loves Jesus. And they need to know it's going to be hard. They need to know life is hard, but they're not alone. I'm the son of man, and I suffer many things. And then he stacks it. The next part of the verse says, and I'm going to be rejected by the elders and by the chief priests and the scribes. I think it's really telling that Jesus does not list another group of people here. He does not say, I'm, I'm going to be rejected by the Pharisees, a sect of um, the, the, the Jewish faith, or the Sadducees, another sect, or he doesn't even say the, the, the Jewish leaders. He goes right to the heart of those people that know the scriptures the best. The elders, they've been around God's word forever. They are rejecting me. The chief priest, that, that college of human beings that have been around the temple for so long and they have been given the title of chief priest. And the scribes, those men that study God's word every day they have it memorized these are the ones that are going to reject me it's hard to be rejected isn't it just generally speaking it's really really hard to be rejected by someone that knows better someone with authority and takes advantage of their authority right but so that you and I would understand that he's not only Messiah, that he's not only God incarnate, we'd also understand that he is a suffering servant, and that he experiences rejection. And you have, you have experienced rejection in your life. I have in my life. I wanted to get something, and I and I was overlooked, and someone else got it. I was rejected. Something didn't happen, and everybody lined up, with, looking at the situation, says that is unjust. No one disagrees with that, but nonetheless, it's the reality, right? It shouldn't have been this way. We feel the, the rejection. Jesus lived the rejections for you and for me, so that not only was he fully God and fully able to conquer anything and everything that wanted to get in the way of his father's will, he also became a human being so that you and I can relate with him. He knows what it feels like to suffer. He knows what it feels like to be rejected. And then he says, and they will kill me. And all of us are facing our own death, right? I know y'all are young and you're like, wow, not for a long time. It comes quick. (laughs) Not to be morbid. Um, I've been flat on my back seven out of the last 14 days. I was doing all-star wrestling with my four-and-a-half-year-old grandson. (laughs) And he was doing body slams, jumping off the couch onto Pajo, who was on the living room floor. And on top of it, Mary Beth was taking videos. (laughs) And so this had gone on for many times until one time. Oh, my goodness. So maybe you're not feeling it today. There will be a day. Right? Killed. Unjustly. Suffered when he could have in a moment got out from underneath the suffering, but chose to go through the suffering, right? So this is who he is. And so every morning in your in your rhythm, in, in, in your own cadence, in your own life, what, however you ask the question and however you address this, in some way you need to sit before the Lord quiet and you need to ask the question, who are you? And with your Bible open, listen to him. He wants to reveal more and more who he is. And Like this morning, um, I was in Exodus chapter 15. In verse 11, I decided I'm gonna memorize that verse who is this? Who is this, Lord? Majestic in holiness, awesome in wonders, working everything beyond imagination. That's who I want to serve today. And then the next question just flows from that. What do I want? Right? Not only who he is, but what I want. And so the text goes on. Oh, oh, I I missed this. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Little important thing about the resurrection. Yeah, you know. (laughs) Not only would he be killed, he says, on the third day I'll be raised. Because he wants us to understand that. Yeah, there is many sufferings. There's rejection and there is death. Your death. But there's a resurrection. Huh? Uh, It's a good thing I remembered that. (laughs) Important thing, Joe, to Remember? Note to self in the future, resurrection is important. Yeah, Yeah. whatever. Yeah, God's gracious. He'd help you out. That's why I'm trying not to ruin your life. Remember, that was my goal today, and I almost did. So it moves right into the question, who is Jesus? The next question in the text is, what do I want? And so Jesus turns, and he says, he turns from the 12, and he says, and he said to all. So you can imagine that there was a little huddle going on. Jesus was facing the 12, but at some point in time, he turned so that all could hear. And so it says, and he said to all. And then I love this. If anyone, don't miss this word, anyone, You're an anyone. You might feel like a no one, but to Jesus Christ, you're, you're prime. You're a candidate. And I love that, that the Scriptures is for anyone who will. Right? Doesn't matter where you've been. Don't matter how many times you've done the thing you wish you wouldn't have done. Doesn't matter what type of situation you find yourself in. Anyone has access to who Jesus is. And so I love that. When, he, when, when he's about ready to, uh, to in, introduce us, to ask the question, what do I want? He says, anyone. Anyone can answer this question. If anyone, and, and in our translation that I, that I highlighted for you today, um, uses the word would, um, it's the only English translation that I could find that used the word would rather than the word Once. Um, Every other English translation except the ESV uses uses the word want or desire. And so I would like you to put that, you know, I mean, cross out your Bible. Is that okay to do, Joe? No, do not. No, Don't cross out your Bible. Sorry. Boop. Back up. (laughs) But you need to know the better word here is want. If anyone wants to follow after me. And so I love it. The Lord doesn't say, okay, now this is who I am. So you get in line and I'm going to make you. No. If he makes you do anything, he makes you lie down in green pastures (laughs) to rest. You want to know what he wants you to do? He wants you to shut up and get some rest. Can I have an amen? Angel, why aren't you following that? Just shut up and rest, right? (laughs) I beat you to it. And so we have this, if anyone would come after me, if anyone wants to come after me, if anyone desires to come after me, remember, people do what they want to do, right? And so if anyone wants to come after me, let him deny himself, oh, (laughs) right? Is there a door number two, right? Could I do anything but deny myself? I mean, I live for myself. I mean, I don't tell anybody that s- sentence, but I do, right? Because really, at the end of the day, it's really about me. I might get all dressed up and play biblical like, I, like I'm acting out the Bible, but really only when it's comfortable. And to deny myself is un American. Because it's uncomfortable. It's not what we do. And so you can see our uh, Messiah is someone that comes at cross angles with what you really want to do in and of your own selfishness. Can, I, can I, Is that true with anybody else in the room? Just, or is it just me? I love most of the scripture. <laughs> it's just text like this. If, if you want to follow me, you got to deny yourself, and then it goes on and take up your cross daily and follow after me. And did you notice take up your cross at Easter and Christmas? Take up your cross on Sunday? Take up your cross when it feels good, daily. And so, in your quiet time or in your chair time or in your time alone with God, whatever you call that, I, some way, be asking yourself, Who is Jesus? Get into the scriptures. Who are you, God? And then make your decision from who He is, what you want to do. And what he wants you to do is going to be at cross angles with what your sinful, selfish nature wants to do. That's been my experience. Now, now, y'all are a whole lot more spiritual than I am, so you probably aren't dealing with any of this stuff. You're just looking forward to lunch. <laughs> How does he know these things? <laughs> right. I'm looking forward to lunch too. Deny yourself. Take up your cross daily. What do you want to do? God uses uh, math. Um, And the thing that I pick up from this particular passage is he uses the mathematical principle of the process of elimination. Right? And so he says, you get to do what you want to do. You get to wake up every day and learn. You get to wake up every day and decide what you want to do. And if that's working, awesome. But in Romans chapter 8, the scripture in verse 20 and 21 says that God subjects humanity to futility in hopes that sometime they might follow after me. God is constantly using the process of elimination in your life. Can can anybody, is anybody kind of like, oh, so when I'm disobedient to the word, that's not good and certain outcomes come and I'm like, ah, do you ever say to yourself, what is wrong with me? It's just me. What is wrong with me? It's because I continue to think I can want things that aren't, don't come from who God is and who he's calling me to be. I think that somehow I'm a special case, and do not answer that. <laughs> right? That, I mean, I get this, I get kind of, you know, I get to a free pass around all this stuff. No. If, if you and I are going to follow Jesus Christ, we've got to learn what it means to deny ourselves and take up our cross daily and follow him. And then I love what, what Jesus does in the text. He gives us two reasons, right? So in uh, verse 24, uh, for whoever would save his life will lose it. <laughs> it's just, he's using reasoning. Um, have you ever tried to save yourself and, and, and know that that's never worked out very well? Right. Well, I'm going to do this myself. I'm going to white knuckle this and get, I'm going to get it done. Right? And you do that over and over and over and over again. The process of illumination says at some point in time, that's not working. So whoever would save his life will actually lose it. But whoever will lose his life or her life for my sake actually gets it. And so our first step every day is down, isn't it? That's the first step to success in life is always bowing before who Jesus is and then getting our marching orders, learning from the process of elimination. I don't want to continue to do that. And then the second reason that Jesus uses in the text in verse 25. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? Right? I mean, this is just... Right? But, but th- th- we live for this world. Right? Man, if I could just be this person or get that job or make that income or marry that person or all those things that we think if, then... Well, Jesus is giving us an if and then here. If you really want to live got to give you life up. And it's counterintuitive, but this is, the, this is the life that Jesus is inviting you and me into. It, it, it's odd, isn't it? It's strange. And, and so when, when people that know you and you're growing in Christ and you know that behind your back they're saying, what is wrong What is that weirdo? You need to be saying, amen. Because you're different. If you're doing this stuff, you're different in this world. Everybody lives for themselves tries to get ahead. And there's nothing wrong with success. Don't hear me say that. Working hard, there's nothing wrong with that. But it's not the most important thing. Jesus Christ is the most important thing, and Joe saying yes to Jesus, and Joe saying no to Joe, is the way to go forward. Sometimes Jesus is going to have me do incredibly, wonderfully pleasant things that I enjoy the outcome. Right? That happens. Other times, he's going to ask me to do stuff. I do not want to go shopping with Mary Beth. Amen, brother. And so so Mary Beth will say to me, and this is really dangerous on Valentine's Day. Mary Beth will say to me, in the store, in the third or fourth store, will say, you'll be fine. And I really have to, like, lean into Jesus at that moment. (laughs) Right? Right? Can I come to your place for lunch? You'll be fine. This is what Jesus is saying to you every day. It's going to be okay. Just follow me. Yeah, but it's at cross angles with what... It just doesn't make sense. Well, okay, then try doing it this other way, and you end up forfeiting yourself at the altar of the world, which never is intended to satisfy you in the first place. Don't you love the scriptures? It just plows us, just lays us open, and says, "This is the way forward." Daniel, if you'll come up with with your team, I appreciate that. And so the, the text ends with two clear warnings in verse 26. For whoever is ashamed of me and my words of him will the Son of Man be ashamed of when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and the glory of the holy angels. And so the question here is, look, you're, you're, you're gonna worship something. You gotta make sure you're not ashamed of me though. You need to worship me, I am Messiah. There's no question about that. I am God. I'm deity. I'm worthy of your praise. You need to worship me. You need to bow before me. And then the, the final warning, verse 27, but I tell you truly, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. It's an, it's an interesting saying, not taste death, because what, what, what Jesus is saying, what you need to do is taste death every day. Deny yourself. And take up your cross daily. Taste it every day. Choose to say no to yourself and yes to me every day. Some said that are, Jesus said, some that are standing here in his presence at that moment and some sitting in, in this room are not going to taste death until the kingdom of God comes in its consummation. How about you? So every day the cadence is, who are you, Jesus? And what do I want to do? What do I want? So, Father, thank you for um, loving us so much that you give us—you give it to us straight. Um, thank you that you're a, a God though has not come to lord us, lord it over us. You're a God that comes to relate with us, not only be a Messiah, but Lord, uh, be the Lamb of God and, and the Shepherd of these sheep. You're with us and. We're in your hand in Christ, and nothing can snatch us from your hand. God, we praise you for that. Um, But Lord, I I pray that we would do um, what we need to do in this area of getting to know more who you are, Jesus, and then making those daily choices to deny ourselves, take up our cross daily, follow you, God. There's no other way forward that, that will be so fulfilling than this. So have your way in the name of Jesus, amen.